When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all gonna laugh at you! You're listening to the Jersey Cools. What's up, everybody? Marissa here. We are so excited to bring you this recording of our Return of the Living Dead reunion panel. My co-host, Horror Movie Nights, Matt Kelly, and I got to sit down with the unbelievably amazing Linnea Quigley, Beverly Randolph, Alan Trotman, Tom Matthews, and Miguel Nunez Jr. as they reunited to talk about this amazing and beloved cult classic. And please forgive us for any issues with our audio as we are still learning how to work out the kinks on our live recordings. So sit back, enjoy, and don't forget to check out all of our other episodes on your favorite podcast app. Can y'all say happy birthday, Miguel? Wait. Happy birthday! Woo-hoo! Well, it ain't my birthday, but I'm going to save it. Right here. All right. Every time I feel bad, I'm going to go, Happy birthday, Miguel! <laughs> Somebody care. Happy birthday last week. Oh, hey! All right. I made it. You did. All right, everybody, welcome to the Return of the Living Dead Q&A panel. I am Matt from the Horror Movie Night podcast, and I'll be here for the later half of the panel to take any of the questions that you guys might have for all of our guests, but it's time to pass the mic over to your actual moderator, Marissa of Jersey Ghouls. Oh, my gosh. Hello, everyone. And I am here. Who, who are we talking to over there? Hey! Happy birthday, Miguel! Woo! <laughs> Um, so I am actually going to turn it over to the real stars of the show here. Over here we have Linnea Quigley, everyone. We have Beverly Randolph. The one and only tar man, Alan Trotman. Tom Matthews. And last but not least, Mr. Miguel Nunez. Make America great again. And we are so very excited to have all of you here to hear these amazing people talk about this amazing movie. So let's just jump right in and ask you guys to tell us a little bit about what makes what makes this movie as amazing and iconic as it is. Why has it lasted so long? Me. <laughs> oh, okay. 
I think it's iconic because it was just everything was in alignment. And it just came out good. Yeah, and we can't yeah, really say it force. because no matter what any of us – oh, shit, that's a good idea. Duh. Uh, and no matter what any of us can try to say, there is nothing that we can explain it because we ain't no shit. We were all just young, innocent, happy to be involved in this. And I think it's that innocence that we all had. And no one had all these movies behind our belt to walk around posing with. Nobody thought they were, should have been treated a different way than the other because they did more credits. It was the innocence of it. And the fact, the, the true fact that it is here right now is really Dan O'Bannon. Because the way he shot it. It did not take itself serious, which allowed you to jump on it and take that ride the same way without being so judgmental that you was in there just laughing and having a good time. That with the innocence of the cast, we were all just happy to be in a horror damn movie. And, and uh, Linnea ran around and she was naked and, you, and didn't give a damn. She never thought about it once. She, she was running around naked. I was more shocked about it than she was. I'm like, wait a minute, she can do that? And I, and I think pretty much that's what it is. It, it, it has survived because of the innocence and the way we didn't take it seriously. We, didn't, we weren't out there trying to be some hard mood as you, you know, scare you out of your drawers. We, we weren't trying to do that. And I think that's what we accomplished. Also, the soundtrack. Yes, hell yeah. Yep, the soundtrack, the innocence, and Linnea's titties. And you have to say the, the wardrobe. Perfect storm. The wardrobe and the time period. And you had on my wardrobe. Yes. Yeah, Miguel, Miguel, they kept putting me in funny little outfits, and Miguel walked in in the outfit I wore in the movie one day, and Dan kept saying, what do you want to wear, Beverly? What do you want to wear? You're not liking anything. And I said, no, I, this is awful. And then he walked in in that outfit. I go, oh, that's exactly what I want to wear. I want to wear what Miguel's got on. I want to wear what Miguel's got And they had it in pink and white as well. But Yeah, it was the 80s. Yeah. You know. But he was, we went with the blue and white. Me and my girlfriend had the same exact pants. Blue. I had the blue ones. And with the little white pockets, she had the penguins, the little white pockets. So we had the same, you know, we was going to dress like that. And shit. We thought we was cute back then. So yes. when she yeah. saw it, it was like, and you remember when she had it on when she was going, Freddy, Freddy. And she had a hand in the pocket. Those are my pants. And, <laughs> and, and your girlfriend Beverly that had mean? her hands in your pants is what you're saying. That's cool. Well, that's a different story. We're going to talk about that after 730. <laughs> but you have to think of the... the Oh, yeah, he, that's why I couldn't wear the pink, because your girlfriend had the pink, and you said, uh-uh-uh, we're mm -hmm. not mixing up that's these right. women. Yeah. I get it now, because I wanted the pink. No, I know, but well, they wouldn't let you wear it, because she would have figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let her ask some more questions. Yeah, yeah, so, okay, so, Lene, we might as well just jump right in. Talk to us a little bit about Trash, and just why she's become so iconic. I mean, as, as a feminist filmmaker, I think she's incredibly feminist. I think it's so empowering. All the ladies in this movie, all of the gentlemen, one of the things that we all love is just how genuinely nice all these kids are for a bunch of punk rockers. You're like, man, they're cool. So just tell us a little bit about these characters and how you guys kind of created them, and obviously the iconic tar man. We can't wait to hear you wax on about how he came to be, too. I don't know. it. Okay, when I do a role... I go by the dialogue, and just whatever comes out of me is what the character's going to be. I don't do a study of who my mother was or, you know, all this stuff and my DNA or whatever it is. I just, like, the dialogue for me directs it for some reason. No, that makes 
And I didn't know. I I thought she was probably empowered because she didn't care about taking off her clothes. She didn't care about dancing nude. She didn't care what anybody thought, especially Beverly. <laughs> Tina. So. I was so offended. Beverly's like, my God, what kind of movie am I doing? <laughs> she was so brave. I'm telling you, she was so brave the whole time because. Yeah, I had to act offended, and I just kept going, oh, my gosh, this beautiful little thing walks around naked and so free-spirited about it. Absolutely. It was, it was so beautiful. It was so Bring beautiful. on the feminism. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I can, she was just, and, and, and it's like, whatever you say, women empowerment, I, I think, I don't know nothing about women empowerment, because um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a chauvinist, uh, but, <laughs> but I, I will say, I like I said I was shocked. It was my first movie, so but but the way she was acting helped me a lot in my career from then on. I was like nothing's gonna bother me, nothing's gonna worry me. I want to be just like that girl, cause we go to lunch and she stay up a half a tit out still talking to you, just don't even care. I'm like well, I can't stop looking and she don't even care. Just so free, like she said, free spirit. And when you have somebody, you don't have all of that tension on you. It's easy to create and it's easy to make people up because you automatically are drawn to that. Yeah, so. yeah, and it was just one of those things where I wasn't the woman that's running and falling down. and, and you She know. was trying to get all up on suicide and everything. Yeah, I was like. She was free. I was taking the rain on that one. <laughs> First moves. Woo. We have a suicide here, too, I think. I yeah, he's somewhere. There, there he is. is. Yeah. Yay, suicide. What room are you in? She's going to come see you later. <laughs> really? Reenact the scene. <laughs> Beverly has to be there. Wait a minute. Did he push you away? Get out of here. He did. That's right. He did. Say what he said. Yeah. <laughs> it's in a costume. Okay. So um, for, uh, for me, obviously, the, um, uh, the, the coming up with, <laughs> I never thought of it as what, what, what would this character do? It all comes from the physicality of this, his situation, which, uh, as described to me in uh, the, uh, the original auditions, was just that he was barely uh, able to hold himself together. There was, like, nothing there physically. So this whole physicality and movement came out of my just imagining that his pelvis was just about to squirt out of his body and fall on the floor at any time. And so that gave that that sort of rocking back and forth thing, and my my arms just sort of came out naturally for the you know, like counterbalance. But the other thing that they wanted to see was they didn't want to, you know, and that was a general note for all of the zombies in this was that they're not stupid, they're not just mindless. That he wanted to see this one thinking, and so I know I remember in the audition we did this scene at the uh, in the basement where I get the winch out and I'm like doing little science projects trying to get the door open, um, and so he just wanted to m make sure that he could see each one of those little beats going on where I'm thinking, and so that really gave me some clear direction. And, and beyond that, I I really didn't think about it much. It was just. Uh, having a lot of fun with the physicality of it. It's just so much fun, you know, letting yourself go playing a, a, a character like that, that nothing is like that. And so you can create, you've got a blank slate to create something. And uh, uh, 
where it all came from. I didn't. It wasn't like wasn't like dance training or anything. It like came that. from you, brother. Yeah, it just it came did. out. And that was the great thing about it. I watched it on the screen. I was like, oh, that worked out pretty good. <laughs> and, and the fun part about it is, if you remember the scene, we were all there. So it, we were standing there while he was working out, and Dan is walking out in the sludge, and they were talking. And he just turned around and just did everything Dan was trying to explain. And like yeah. I said, we were all young and, and happy to be in a movie. So we were just watching. Usually when actors, they'll shoot that shit, and we'll be in our trailer. But we watched him do it all, and it was exciting as it was for hey. you. Hey. Yeah, it was fun. It, it was, was fun. Why yeah. don't we? Alan's going to kill me, but can what? you do the walk? Yeah. Oh. He ain't got the same Ooh. hips. Yeah, he can't do it. He can't <laughs> do it. Nah. Yeah. Darn. Now, my, now Darn. my hips kind of do it. Yeah, yeah they, they, it might be easier now. <laughs> Yes. Oh, my God, yes, Oh, Alex. my gosh, turn on the video cameras, everybody. You get money. We'll throw dollar the, bills The problem is, without Wait. the suit on, it just looks like, oh, my God, what's wrong with that poor old man? <laughs> get him a wheelchair. Somebody call 911. We need the theme music. He's not really scary. No, he's right, though. Woo! When you got that mask on, you can have Come on, everybody, give it up for Tarman. But then for some reason, he got plenty of energy to like bite through skulls. So So if you guys don't ask too many questions, (laughs) (laughs) we. So I, I can't help but bring up your other co-stars, the zombies. You, this movie redefined, in my opinion, what zombies were with their walking, their talking, their ability to work simple machinery. Who knew? And not only for me as a kid was it more terrifying because now i got to worry about my cardio, but it's also, I think, really iconic shift in zombie culture. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, what, what that brought to the table for you guys. Send more cops. Yes. Best yeah, they could talk. <laughs> Yes, they reasoned, they thought. It, it was like you said, like yeah. Dan wanted a different... They could think. Opinion. Yeah, and it, it's just like the more brains. When I see them walking down the stairs and I'm already eating one of them, I say, oh, great, more brains. It's like they've got a sense of humor. And it does add a different element of, 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 of fright when they when you know they can't think. Yeah. You know? And they're yeah. fast. Yeah, thinking zombies. <laughs> you know? And they have zombies. to have it. It's like a drug. Yeah. I mean, it's not as scary when they're just... They walk like this and you could just walk away from them it's like how scared but these guys and women could run you know it's an idea there maybe one day should be a tar woman right oh Oh my gosh i got a lot of them (laughs) i got some phone numbers if you need them So another. And they walk just like they all ugly. No, sorry. Oh no! Go, please go on. No, We're no, all right. No. <laughs> See where that goes. No, we still go together. <laughs> Um, so another thing I wanted to talk about was you guys kind of were juxtaposed with these classically trained Hollywood actors in Clue and James and all those guys. How was that experience? I mean, what I, I imagine it was an incredibly awesome learning experience for you all being so young. But tell us a little bit about how that changed the dynamic on set and for all of you. I don't know about anybody else, but I didn't have a clue who that fuck either one of them was. <laughs> I promise you, I didn't know anything about either one of them. 
I didn't even know about I, or any dead. When I did Friday 13, I had never even heard of it when I did all of those movies. That's I was just, because I was homeless, and I was living in the streets when I did both of those movies. I was still homeless. So I was just going out, and I, well, this is a horror movie. I think I'd heard about it, but I didn't know how it was as big as it is. So to me, I didn't know anything about either one of them. I think I, 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 uh, I, I was lucky enough to be cast with Jimmy Karen. Most of my scenes were with him. God bless him. But I think I knew I think I knew of Don Kalfa from Ten um, when we got cast. I didn't know Clue, and I didn't know Jimmy at the time. But I, yeah, I was lucky enough to be cast with uh, you know uh, Jimmy Karen and most of our scenes with with us. And we actually found out um, and we got along great. Our chemistry was great together. Maybe in part because I found out on part two that our, we had the same. We were born on the same day, so we had the same birthday, which was kind of cool. We found out on part, part two. Yeah, see, he just found out. So <laughs> I found out on part two. And uh, it was, for me, for being with him, because he, he was, you know, he was on Broadway and stuff, and his friends were Jason Robards and all these old-time actors, and they came to the set, a couple of them. And uh, just the stories when we were in makeup together was just amazing, all the stories. And, and his enthusiasm for, for being an actor and being on set, if I was a producer and just his energy for just bringing everyone together was just amazing. I would just hire him just because uh, of his energy for being a set as actor. And he was he was a pathmark man too. So here on the East Coast, which was yeah, he, for 30 years he he did all the specials and had the most had the most frequent flyer miles of anybody I know because he was always flying back and forth and stuff. But he was he was he was a champ. Wasn't Clue brought in like last Clue minute? Clue was brought in at the very last minute because if you remember, he wasn't there when we were doing. We had a, we were lucky. Dan was, he was genius in so many different levels. But one of the things that he did, he had us rehearse for two weeks before we started principal photography, which kind of, really do they don't do that at all because it's uh, costs a lot. But this was a lower budget movie, and I think they paid half the rate or whatever. But it was great for us to do it as the kids. And Clue wasn't there because he hadn't been cast yet. He got cast just before we did principal photography, so he was he was totally stressed out for a couple of reasons. He thought that he thought the role was, and I'm he's, he's already said this. He, he thought the role was below him, and he had a lot of dialogue, and so he was stressed out. And he, you know, him and Dan didn't get along so well because of that. But now, you know, he's and he didn't think much of the movie, but now he's just the opposite. He re recognizes. The, uh, Dan's uh, genius in it and stuff. And Dan was great. I, as a director and a writer-director, as, as a, as a, if you're a writer-director, you want the dialogue as you wrote it to be exactly the same. Dan didn't do that. He just let everyone, each one of us, bring our own thing to it, which was unheard of and amazing. It would have never been the same. Never. And it was a great experience for me. I remember driving to the set and, and uh, coming back after work, and my, my mom had said no. And it was like, and I, I hadn't heard it for, we had been working shooting for two weeks. And I hadn't heard the word no for two weeks while we were shooting. And it made me realize what a collaboration it was. Because I never, because we always talked everything out. It wasn't a no. It was like, well, what do you think? So it was, it was never, never. Which is, which is very odd for a writer, director to do that. And kudos to him. Because. The best thing for directors is let the actor bring his own stuff to it, you know, to make it more organic. I was on a set off with Friends, Joe, and 
I told him this show would never go past. Now you know my friend Ben Weiss. Yeah, I said it'll never go past two years because I'm on this set and they're giving me lines. Oh shit, this gonna be on time. Talk louder. I don't know, this gonna be online. <laughs> I love you, NBC. But anyway, <laughs> I don't give a damn. So anyway, I and 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 this is joy. And and I remember they give me lines. And I'm like, and then on camera day, on like on Thursday, all the camera crew come in, so you got to block it, and all the the microphone guys. So everybody's there. Every other day it's just the actors working and working. It's camera block day, so they can be ready for shooting. So they all there, shooting and I'm like, Friday. and there's nothing. I'm like, dude, listen, watch this. And all the crew's there. We stand in the scene, and I go bloop, 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 and I flip it. And the place is in stitches. We have to wait 30 minutes for everybody to pick up their shit on the floor from laughing, <laughs> all crying, wiping tears, getting towels. And they over there, and the writer's standing over the fucking corner like this. Nice. Oh, my God. You know, just, just stick with what you just heard. Just because what he said. They want their shit. I'm like, are you, did you just not hear them? Yeah. And then every time, then I'm watching the next day, watching Matt LeBlanc, whose show it is, in the same corner with the same two, trying to get to say, uh, 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 eh. There's something that made no <laughs> fucking difference. <laughs> and so, and to have somebody who write it, most of the ones who write it, they want to hear their shit, because, you know, all the executives have seen it, so they know if it's yours, now not theirs. To make minds work, even though yours two hundred million times, but Dan didn't give a damn about that. Dan was like, "Just bring it." And when you can tell when somebody, when a director lets you bring it, that's why we had that camaraderie. We ain't worried about no damn lines. The only person who kind of messed up the lines was Jewel, but she didn't have nobody. Oh, oh! She had more of those, and it's hard to mess those up. But that's the only thing I remember. We weren't holding what's wrong. We weren't held to any fucking lines, and that's one of the things that made it what it is today. And that's one of the facts that made it what it is today. No clapping. Please, no clapping. Yeah, that was beautiful. I think it really shows in the film, too. You can just tell that camaraderie. And all that, like, your characterization is so natural, and it's what makes it so great. So speaking of your characters... Thank you. Speaking of, okay. Speaking of your characters, um, one of the things that I find really fascinating about this film is that it toggles the line between horror and comedy well. And that's so hard to do in this genre. And I have to kind of bring it all back to the ending because you have this blast, this wild ride with you guys, and then basically everybody gets the fuck blown up, right? Wait, no? Did you make it? You made it? All you heard was... One person survived. One, but, um, yeah, so talk to me a little bit. I mean, in this moment, I think a nihilistic ending was ballsy. And I think it worked, and it really adds a lot of power to the film. So talk to me a little bit about where your heads are at as far as, you know, mixing genre of horror and comedy and how you guys pulled that off. Yeah, and but see, here, here's the thing. We, we didn't really mix the genre. We just we, – we went in as a drama piece. And the comedy – what's so g genius about part one is, is it's it, – it's, uh, it's a drama, but there's comedy in it. And you laugh at the situations that the kids are in, not because of what they're doing. As opposed to part two was they went for the jokes a little bit more. Yeah, the, best, the, the best comedy always comes absolutely. from reality and from, absolutely. From, from grounding and real situations and real characters and recognizable, relatable uh, relationships and situations. And this movie was full of that. We didn't. We weren't making a comedy. Oh, no, no, nothing. I have nothing to add to that. They just, I think they just. 
time to put you on the spot then for just a moment. Tina is so amazing. Uh, no, first of all, I, I do sometimes wonder what she's doing hanging out with this crew. That's, I, think I she, mean, I think she was looking for the bad boy. It's Freddie the bad boy? Freddie's the bad boy. Okay. All right, I'll take it. Hanging out with that crew, and I think that but we had talked about that in the two weeks, and we talked about our characters, and that was something that was discussed that he was the bad boy and I was the good girl because they kept putting me in all these little sweaters and skirts and trying to make me look real, you know, so I think that's, that is what it was. It, it was the handkerchief around was, his ankle that yeah, did it, was, right? That's what solidified says, the badass. Yeah, hot thing and the, yeah. <laughs> um, so for you, uh, do you consider her a final girl? Talk to me a little bit about Tina and, and her fate and whether or not you think it was true to her character. Um, what do you mean by a final girl? Well, I think a final girl is a woman who kind of battles through the whole film to to somehow find a sense of herself and struggle to survive at the end. And I think for yeah. for Tina, her moment is in in the cathedral church little area, uh, in the attic, and in the in attic, the, and yeah. in the attic. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, final girl, fight it through. Yeah, I, I agree I mean, with that. Yeah. I think they all had a, a good sense of survival. Yeah, we're um, all fighting to survive. <laughs> you do, you all do get out. <laughs> Drive that car. <laughs> um, she still stayed with her boyfriend yeah. till like she was kind of literally kind of dragged out of there. I know, and, and I, I thought there was always a sweetness to that. So right now, if if you're so inclined, oh, we have a ha a very emphatic hand in the back there. I can I can, yep. Um, so if you guys don't mind, we're gonna turn it over to the audience, see what they'd like to know from you guys. Before um, you go for it, before you go, I've been trying to find this for the last two days to read it to. Nice. It's going to be uh, uh, for all of you guys as well, and for you guys for the first time. Um, some very wealthy people from France hit me, and uh, I've, they're going to be doing a. They are putting it all together. And it's going to be called Trioxin, and it's going to take place right at the the bomb. And I'm supposed to come out of some freaking thing, and I'm alive. But they want all the entire cast. And it's, I, I'm going to pull it up. I'll send it to you. And they're going to have all the cast. But you guys are going to come back as zombies. And they Can you send it to one. us, too? I just got it right now. <laughs> and it's called Trioxin. And they, they already. Oh, yeah. They, it's a, it's for, for Return of the Living Dead. Ours. And, wow. Yeah. So I was going to send that to you. You better send that to me because Hold there's on. some guys going around that are playing games. I know these guys because my people see CAA and they ain't them. Okay. I'm going to send it to you right now. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. Let me get this later. <laughs> <laughs> we got yeah, we I'm sorry. We just found out there might be a sequel. Oh, We're yeah, all yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, let me find it for you. Go ahead, y'all. Keep going. So uh, it's been about 10 years since the great Dan O'Bannon left this world. And I would love to have a moment to talk with, have each of you share your favorite moment or your funniest moment or just a moment with Dan because he seems like such an eccentric character and he created this fantastic film that we obviously all love. And so if you could just share those moments, I think it would be a great way 10 years down the line. Remember him. Oh my gosh. Um, I think his, like, he wanted everything so spot on in terms of like, like when I had to have the crotch piece or the Barbie doll piece. <laughs> he was like telling me how to shave so I wouldn't have my hairs right. He knew how to do it. And I'm like, <laughs> like, oh my God, I don't know how to do it. Like what? And he was like, it was embarrassing. He'd be in jail today. <laughs> he tried to inspect. And I, I, you know, I, I was, like, mortified. I'm like, oh, my God, you know? Please keep that to yourself. 
<laughs> and that was before girls shaved. Let me, let me show you. Before so, girls shaved. Yeah, it was very embarrassing. Usually it was their bush there. And then probably the time where we were on set and I'm going to come out of the mud. He was very upset and, you know, there's water everywhere, mud everywhere. And the hose, like, kind of, like, got his script dirty and he was livid. And he's so mad, and we're walking back to the trailer to talk about it. And these extras were sitting there, zombies, with their coffees. And he just kicked their coffees off. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to lay into me now. But he was, like, so nice. And, you know, you know, explained, like, oh, maybe it should be this. Or what are you going to do? Or, But I was so scared. I was a little scared of him. I was really scared of him. Yeah. He, I um. Well, we're girls. It's different for us. It's you know, you guys had it much easier. Um, well, not much easier, but I had uh, after I got the part, I got a call from my agent, and they said to go to Dan's house. Yes, to run lines. And so I, I was young, and I didn't think. I think I was 19. I didn't think much of it. I thought, oh, okay. And um, so I go to his house, and I pull up, I go in. There's a gun sitting on the coffee table. You don't have to talk. <laughs> right? But thank God I'd already gotten the part, and the papers had been signed. Oh, good. And um, been so, a different meeting, huh? Right? And, and, and there's a gun on the table, and I think there's a gun someplace else, and there was porn playing on the TV. I'd, I'd never seen porn before. And I'm looking around thinking, what the heck am I doing here? I was kind of freaking out. And so he goes, oh, just he, and he was, you know, had a cigar or something going on. And he goes, oh, well, his phone rang. And the phone was hanging in the kitchen. There was no cell phones. And so he goes into the kitchen to answer the phone. And he's in there talking for a minute. And I just panicked. And I said, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. I have an appointment. I have to go. And I ran out the door. And, and right, you still got it? Oh, I had to. They had already I'm discussed it that it was a done deal. But from then on, he made the entire shoot heck for me. Hey, we're going to have it to recast her. Right. Oh, I'm sure he wanted to. Right? I'm sure he wanted to. So when I fell down into the, well, he took the step away on there and didn't tell me. So I fell through the steps for real. And then when I was falling in the mud, he pulled up his big director's chair and he sat in front of that big mud puddle. And he says, okay, let's practice that. And we practiced it on the side. He goes, okay, let's have her do it. And we did that scene. I must, I, it was probably 30 times. He goes, let's just do it again. Oh, that was pretty. Okay, let's just do that one more time. Damn, and this I went on all night. And it, you, you will see the one scene when, um, Miguel, when you and Brian were literally carrying me out because I was so exhausted. I couldn't well, get up. I didn't know I, that was why. Yeah, I couldn't get up anymore. I could not get out of that mud. Wow. So that's what was going on with him. And. It was when he called me to his house, he had a dildo and a bottle of Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember any of it? I just ran out, girl. <laughs> and also, Clue had a rough time with him. I Clue said, okay, come on, Dan, let's do it. <laughs> Were you there for the Clue thing? I the shoot. <laughs> Were you there for the Clue episode? I, I swear to God, I didn't you know didn't... any of this until right now. Come on, you've heard these stories. He didn't either. I didn't know what? any of this. Oh, you yeah. did? No, I didn't know that. Oh, no. Oh, and then Hold on, because right now, I, know about that. I love you, Dan, but right now, if you were to tell this story, he could be in jail. Oh, absolutely. And then, yeah, I was a so gun? sore. After <laughs> and a I, porno movie? And a porno movie. I was so freaking And he it's also got into it with Clue Gulliger on the set. <laughs> and Clue, everyone, Clue literally threw something at him. And oh, Dan ducked. Do you remember, remember that, that now? Wait a minute. That he was did a throw something. 
Yeah. It was in the dog, the spent dog room. I think it was in the. Now, if you watch the documentary, they'll do the cuts of everybody's version of this. It's hilarious because we all remember something different. I, I thought it was a vase. Someone said it was a paint can. So, wait, I don't know what the fuck See? it was. I want to hear more about it, though. What happened? They got into a big fight. And he threw something at and Dan? And he threw something at Dan. And Dan, and Dan ducked, and it missed him. It was, a, And they had to hold off Clue because he was just going to so go wait, after wait, Dan. Wait, why, why, why? Oh, shit, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know, that I can't why? remember. He, I think he was trying to give him directions, and he did that? That could have been what it was. Yeah. Well, he was pretty hard on Clue as well. Oh, he was? He was pretty oh, clue, oh, okay. but hard because Clue was not great with his lines. He, he forgets his lines. He's, he'll say, I don't like lines. There's so many lines. So oh, yeah, when he couldn't remember, he just said, I don't like it. Cut it he off. He got hired yeah. at the last minute. Yeah, so it was. And they did come in at the last minute. We were shooting. Yeah. But damn, I didn't know all that. I'm glad I didn't know. I didn't want to know. Mm. Oh, that's cute. Is that uh, inside of Don Kalkowitz was doing his work on the body? In the in the morgue. The morgue. Yeah. Where you came running in and fell on the ground. Yeah, wow. Wow. Jimmy and I were there. Wow. And what happened? He threw a glass at him, he said. Yeah, they were were shooting the scene, and he was. Doing the dialogue and and Clue was all he was always seemed to be in flux. He was never at ease in any scene because, yeah, 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 because yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was stressed out. He had a lot of, a lot I of thought that was his acting until now. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it worked for yeah, him. But, yeah. um, uh, I don't know what Dan said to him, and he Clue picked something up and wanted to get him out of out of his face and threw threw it at the door. Remember the door. Were they open? Right, yeah, and they yeah, and they stuck the head out. The ambulance <laughs> coming, yeah. 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 So he threw it at the door because that's Dan was going out the door and he threw it at the door. And wow. Dan the took door. off running. It was hilarious. Wait, Dan, Dan, Dan ran toward him or away from him? Because he knew Clue was ticked. Damn, and Dan this is some good shit. Running. We should have been doing yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. And, and to this day, Clue goes, I don't remember that. I remember it. He said I, he don't remember he it. Remember, yeah, watch the documentary. I, that never happened. I don't remember that. No. But you know something? I, he probably really don't. No, he probably doesn't. He probably I, really I don't. don't. To his, to, to, I'm not, I really no. believe he don't. I don't believe he's lying. He probably don't remember that. Because you don't remember that time you shit it in the cafeteria. I mean, oh, no, oh, no just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Fecal humor. <laughs> Fecal humor. I was there, right? <laughs> Yeah, he he was there. So he ran. I didn't see Dan ran because he was. Well, that's another part. That's some old girl stuck in there. Dan was talking about it. The producer. We had dinner, and he's like, he laughing his head off because Dan just bolted. He was terrified. Well, might have made shit. If somebody threw a glass at my head, I might want to bolt too. Shit. One of them going to go back and say, "Why you do that?" I even said in the documentary. I said at that moment, Clue was my hero because I would have loved to have thrown something. But your your story, your story, blows. My mind. I'm shocked. I, that's, I thought, that's Harvey Weinstein on crack. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's the 80s. Shit, Bill Cosby only gave a girl a little, little ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little ecstasy. What girl? If every man in the 80s would go to jail for having a looted out girl in his bed, they wouldn't have enough jails. <laughs> I had at least a thousand. I didn't do nothing to them. I just called somebody else. But that was normal back then. But I'm talking about calling an actress to your house. With a gun on the bed, with some porno movies, and nine rubbers in your pocket. <laughs> Sorry, we having fun, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Anybody want to share some more Dan stories? <laughs> yeah, you opened the wrong door. <laughs>
think they ordered them asking them all. Yeah, come to the microphone like everybody else. This is like an Oprah show. Oh, come over here. Miguel, remember last time you ran around with the microphone? Guys, feel free to come up. and. bad knee today, though. Yeah. Um, what was like? The, what, what was the most challenging scene of the film in the movie? Say again. The most, most challenging, challenging scene. Challenging. The, the rain in the rain for me. I ain't like doing it in the rain. That was the, the, mud. the mud. The mud in the rain. We had to dive and fall in the mud in the and butt. then pick her up and then grab her and drag her to the mud. That was it for me. And the prosthetics for me and yeah. the rain. What prosthetics? Prosthetics. When I'm the zombie. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I was telling you that man. And that man. No, I like when the rain hit that because it come off. Um, <laughs> that was pretty much all for me. I don't remember anything. But you probably. Well, the most challenging thing for me was just Getting out of the sitting around waiting. They put me in the for an hour. Well, they put me in the suit like first thing when I got there with the head on and everything. Oh, it was hot. It was hot. Remember you sweating or something? Yeah, like that? yeah. But, you know, it wasn't the, the heat wasn't so bad because I'm just sitting there. It's not like I'm doing anything. But they just insisted on putting it on because they they didn't they weren't really sure of themselves how long it would take. And then they just weren't sure how when they would get to the scene. Dan evidently and the first first AD were never quite sure how long things were going to be taking. And I was too dumb at that point to know that you just don't put the head on until you Last move minute. to the scene you're actually doing. Right. You know, this isn't like, uh, it's, it's a film. You wait till you're actually shooting the scene to put the stupid head on. Um, and I just remember sitting there for hours just doing it because you couldn't do anything, you know. Yeah, I, well, I could only I could drink a little bit out of a straw, but you can't go to the bathroom. You can't. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like lunch. Okay, well, great. They pull the hat off and you go to lunch. You're sorry. <laughs> it's like why well, couldn't you do this three hours ago? I remember one day you got some man. You went, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back the suit. <laughs> <laughs> Right, next, that's it. Tom, what was your challenge? Oh, wait. Oh, I don't remember. You got another one? Oh, we got another question. Yeah. How did you feel you went to Oh, I loved it. It was super good. Thank you. Thank you for bringing it. Do you guys have any, like, upcoming films coming out or anything? TV shows or? Well, I'm on a show right now. It's called Family Business. It's on BET. It's like an empire. It's a drama. It's about a family, a wealthy, wealthy family. And um, we own the number one car lot across the whole your, your world, Paris, London, France. But we carry, you know, high-end cars, limousines. But we also have bodies, drugs, bodies, anything we want in there. I played a consigliere, also a killer. We're a killer family. Uh, we're doing a Juana Man 2 later on this year. Yes. Um, wow. I just, uh, just finished another zombie movie that's coming out. It's going to be called Zombie 2020. It's going to be coming oh, next year. Yeah. And then I'm going to be working on one called Kush Zombie. It's about weed and... Zombies. Yes, 420. <laughs> OCB. Yeah. Are you doing any... Um, like, oh, you in it. Are you, are you going to do any, like, study of it? And, you of know, what? The reefer, marijuana. I know and, everything about it. You want something? That's, that's why you got hired. Are you kidding me? You look up marijuana in the dictionary. And, in my picture. That's right. I've got... I did two movies last year, um, and then uh, one called Killer Therapy, which is in the horror genre, and then another, a Western called uh, Warpath. 
uh, which took, takes place in the 1890s, which were, I think both of them would come out in like October, September, October. And then we got uh, Never Hike Alone again, or to look forward to in the future. So we got we got the snow and then the sequel after that, which will be fun oh, for everyone right. to look at. So I've got, we've got that. You got me? There we go. I'm going to do a quick promotion. After this panel, we're actually going to be screening uh, Never Camp, Never Hike Alone and a couple other cool things, so definitely stick around. We have the directors and some other good stuff programs. So Yay. figured it. The rest of you, any of you have anything uh, else coming out? Yeah, the uh, most of the work I do is as a puppeteer. Um, so uh, there, I was on in uh, in part of the cast of um, uh, Happy Time Murders, which was out last year. That was the <laughs> Melissa McCarthy movie. I played a number of characters in that, um, and then I do I do some uh, uh, with you know with the Henson Company. They have some children's programming, so it's completely opposite end of the scale uh, <laughs> uh, that I work on. Splash and Bubbles, I work on and uh, did some word party, so that's on Netflix, and um, uh, just uh, little things here and there. No other uh, big projects uh, to tell to them advertise. about uh, the porno uh, version uh, of Star. Uh, yeah, we do <laughs> Tar Man. Tar Man called Stuck in a Can. It's a porno to be out next year. <laughs> and then I do, yeah, I, every now and then I'll do, um, uh, sometimes we do the show called Puppet Up at the uh, uh, the Henson lot, which is a, an, an adult-oriented uh, um, uh, Muppet, uh, Muppety, uh, it's not Muppet. I was kidding, it's, but I uh, guess I won. <laughs> it's, a, it's a puppet improv show. So. Why is it adult? Well, it's improv, so you know, it's we can't control what the humping muppets yells out at us. So, but it's not muppets; it's the, it's our own character. Yeah, I would love that. That's probably. Oh, and yeah, let's see. Yeah, I have the best things evil does, and then Brett Mullins. What is it called? Hold on. That's her assistant. Killer babes and, and the, the frightening, frightening film fiascos. And Barn 2, and um, I can't remember the other one, but that's what's coming out. And go. also, the last Thanksgiving's coming out, and on Amazon Prime, there's a couple right now that are playing, so. She got a whole lot of shit, basically. <laughs> oh, the animals! Yes! I got a piece of property, and I've got a sanctuary I'm starting. And right now, one border is a cat that is, you know, taken off the streets because its sisters and brothers were poisoned. Wait, hold so on. Wait, 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 wait. Back up again. You have a what? A sanctuary. It's Where starting to be there? a sanctuary. In L.A.? In L.A., yeah. Oh, wow. In the mountains, yeah. Oh, no way. I want to come for real. Seriously. Okay. But keep going. I want to hear about it. Okay. Yeah. So I'm starting, you know, my dream is to save animals, so I'm starting the sanctuary, and I just got in there. I just moved in there. So I already have one cat, and there'll be more. Oh, no, there we are. A friend of mine has one up. The same thing. They have one, and they have, like, um, lions, all kinds of stuff that people – because you're going to get a lot because people in L.A. got all this money, and they go ordering all this shit they think is cute until it grows up and bite their ass, and then they look for somewhere because I promise you, you're going to be filled up. I bet. Yes. Yes. I have to. Yeah. I. I bet. I already have a bobcat in my backyard and a mountain lion across the street. So it's like, whoa, coyotes. Yeah. Oh. 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 And my dogs all start barking. I have nine dogs, and 
Yeah. Sound like you need a sanctuary. Now I'm you know. always going, right? Oh, okay. It's like kids. So, um, well, first of all, just asking for a friend, the Tarman porno. No, just kidding. Um, for a friend. It'll be on Amazon Prime. <laughs> um, so I was asked by a couple of people, Tom, don't get mad at me. We're going to ask you if you can tell us. You could do one quick, I could smell your braids or something in your awesome Freddy voice for us. Dana. Dana, if you love me, you'll let me eat your brains. Yes. What? Oh, man. I'm not going to lie. That was pretty much all me. Freddy? I needed that. Freddy? <laughs> Freddy? <laughs> we, I don't suppose we get a little trash going, too. <laughs> what? <laughs> Maybe? Do you ever fantasize about dying? <laughs> Woo! Yeah! Amazing. Still sexy. <laughs> All right, well, that is going to about wrap it up. If you guys have anything else you want to add or promote, now would be the time to do so. I'll bust it in the damn head. Yeah, woo! Yes. <laughs> and we want to thank all of you guys, Leah Quigley, Beverly Randolph, Alan, uh, Tom, yep, and <laughs> it's been a lot. Miguel, thank you so much to all of you. You guys thank were amazing. You guys. Thank you. This means the world to all of us and to every one of you. Thank you. Thank you guys Let's for staying here and coming in here. And this Time woman is drunk. fantastic, Marissa. Thank you. Thank you so much. She's great. Yes, thank you. And, yeah, thanks, you guys. I'm buying everybody here one drink. You heard it. You you heard it. No, everyone. one drink, you're just going to pass it around. Oh! <laughs> you're listening to the Geekscape Network.